Some people do the Three Peaks Challenges, where they climb three of the highest peaks in the UK within 24 hours. Uh, Tom, you've made a significant achievement yourself this week, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? It's a lot harder. It's a lot tougher. You, the, the training, the the things you have to put yourself through, the conditioning, uh, the bull crap you have to put up with all the way through. But, yeah, I have achieved the Triple Crown. Which is what? Well, this is my third podcast of the week. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 73 of the Host Unknown Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome one and all, Javad, how oh, are hello. you, sir? I'm very good, very good. I don't know why we have you here as a host, because clearly you're just like the floater. You go to any podcast during the week. I go to week. the opening of an envelope, let's face it. Yes, that's right. You so, know. you know, we, we I don't know why we even have you on this podcast anymore. Well, I don't even know why I'm bothering. I mean, I've done two podcasts this week already. Two, well, the number three and the number two InfoSec podcast um you know of the year this week already i mean why 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 am i bothering with this one well i will say jav i i have to say that operation trojan horse has been a success uh, <laughs> so what the uh the unwitting people over at smashing security don't realize is that by using the industry news jingle from this show they have now violated copyright uh obviously they use royalty-free music. We uh-huh. use heavily copyrighted music. And at 5.29 tonight, a takedown notice will be issued to their ISP for uh, hosting uh, you yeah. know, copyright material. So just in time for the weekend. So hopefully that will bring them down for the weekend. But uh, yeah, excellent well, work, Tom, in getting that over there. Yeah, Absolutely. And, that, and when they take down all 243 episodes of their podcast, hopefully one or two of their listeners will come to yeah. us. <laughs> And um, you know that um, that sound you hear, gentlemen, is not uh, the world record of a deck chair being folded. It's uh, Graham <laughs> Cluley hitting the deck and saying, "I give up. Please don't sue me." So we we do have a, a proposal, though. If um, if um, give us you your know, sponsors, no one gets hurt. Uh, well, there's that. <laughs> I, I I was thinking more like. We we bring smashing security under the host unknown umbrella of companies and is a wholly owned subsidiary. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That should work. It's coming, so, home, boys. So so I'm guessing <laughs> neither of you, both or rather both of you, are quite happy never being invited onto smashing security again. <laughs> oh, as if we have ever been invited. You're the only one that is there every other week, it feels like. <laughs> and he was invited. You paid to go on to it. So, Andy, how are you? Nothing to add. Okay, cool. What have we got coming up for you today? This week in InfoSec is another story about leaked photos, but not the type you just thought of, you filthy little beggars. Have you ever found yourself stuck in a pickle or knee-deep in a dilemma? Don't worry, 
we have a feature here that is here to help. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And Twitter of the Week ensures our food is up to federal standards and thanks us for the memory. But just 48k of it, mind you. Andy, let us move straight on. This week in InfoSec. Actually, before you start, do you know what I really like about that jingle the most? What's that? The royalty freeness of it. Yes, I was about to say, now that is a jingle. Yeah. That is, you know, that's one Absolutely. that you can just put out there and just, you know, create derivatives of. Yeah. Excellent. You, you can't yeah. write a takedown notice on that jingle. No. <laughs> no, we know, we know when to cross the line. Um, <laughs> so it's that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Publicly available information. Our first story takes us back a mere 13 years when we thought that the funniest thing that could happen to US politics was that Sarah Palin could become vice president. (laughs) Um, But alas, on the 16th of September 2008, a 20-year-old David Cornell compromised the Yahoo email account of US vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin and then posted her emails to 4chan because, of course... um, I don't think a sentence has ever said so much about the characters in the story. Um, a VP candidate with a Yahoo account and the protagonist of the story being a frequenter of 4chan. So uh, this is a story of David Cornell, uh, a.k.a. Rubico. Um, it went onto 4chan's message boards in the early hours of uh, September 16th, 2008, uh, claiming that he had read Sarah Palin's emails, uh, her personal emails, um, because he was looking for something that would derail her campaign. Uh, is what his motivation was. Um, but after reading through her emails, he basically said there's nothing there, nothing incriminating. It's all personal stuff and some clerical stuff from when she was governor. Um, and this guy was the son of a Democratic Tennessee state representative. Um, but he was ultimately caught because of his own OPSEC failings, uh, basically leaving incriminating evidence in the screenshots he posted to 4chan, uh, including his own Yahoo email address. Um, but I guess the question on this one, do you recall how he got into her email account? No. Was he, it was the password the name of her dog? Not for you well, not far. Yeah, so he basically looked at her own Wikipedia page um to get her personal detail, like date of birth, schools that she attended. Uh, and these were the proof of identity questions that Yahoo needed. To yes. Oh, yes. my so God. It was like everything that was there, uh, you know, he just read it and just like, I mean, this guy didn't sound like the sharpest, uh, sharpest tool in the shed, um, you know, if we're honest. But uh, yeah, he Those was, security uh, questions are awful. I mean, uh, such a bad idea. Yeah, they are. They're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's ask security questions about publicly accessible information on you. Yeah. What school did you go to? <laughs> yeah, what school did you go to? What's your mother's maiden name? Name yeah. of your first pet? I mean, geez, come on. Yeah, so anyway. it, um, yeah, but it's funny times. But alas, I mean, like I say, would Sarah Palin becoming VP had been a bad thing, knowing what we now know? Um, you know, well, it may have sped things up, it may have sped things up, yeah. But maybe we could have put guardrails in place, right? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe things could have changed earlier. Uh, our second story is as if it were yesterday, as it only takes us back six years 
to the 9th of September, la, 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 9th of September 2015, when the security of 300 million travel locks was compromised after 3D printing files were posted online. Yes. Uh, yeah, you remember this, right? Yeah, so this is the story <laughs> of um, the TSA learning a, a basic lesson of physical security in the age of 3D printing. Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, if you've got sensitive keys, uh, you know, which happen to be master keys that can open the locks of, you know, millions of locks that you've told Americans they have to use when they travel, um, I guess just don't post those pictures online. Um, and this is because the Washington Post unwittingly <laughs> published, um, you know, with the cooperation of the TSA, a, um, a, whole, a photo of the master keys that they use. Uh, in an article about the secret life of baggage in the hands of the TSA. Uh, now, that article was ultimately taken down later, but you know, not before the image had been downloaded. The internet never forgets. The internet never forgets. And, uh, yeah, there was a GitHub release of uh, printable master keys, um, so people were able to download those CAD files and print their own keys on a 3D printer. Um, now, this was obviously a sensationalist story at the time, um, but, you know, we know that, you know, if you take a step back, you don't really use travel locks to secure anything no. you know, overly important. But No. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll break in anyway, right? But yeah, the, the, the TSA is probably one of the most overfunded and misguided security organisations globally. Um, I mean, the, the, what is it? They miss something like 90% of all <laughs> test, yeah. tested scans. they got scans. pretty bad stats, yeah. Yeah, but, they are but, awful. Yeah. They're, they're supposed to be uh, more of a, um, oh, is it preventative? Uh, you know, yeah. you're supposed to see a them. deterrent. Yeah, a deterrent. Yeah, it's one of the few things I agree with Bruce Schneier on: T total and utter security theatre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it it an utter waste of time, and then it's then they have the thing of the number of TSA agents that have been caught stealing computers and iPads. Oh, um, just the complaints they have to deal with as well. Wasn't yeah. there a TSA agent who, um, the, the like, find my iPad was traced back to her house? Yes, yeah. yes, you yes. Know, she yes. denied more that, like, than one, more, yeah. multiple. Yeah, several multiple. times it's happened. Yep. Yeah, the integrity of that whole agency is dreadful, and I think they've done more damage for you know um, airline security than than good. To be honest with you, yeah. You know, not not that I have skin in the game on this, but. Uh, but oh, awful! Once, once I had a really good security agent, TSA agent, because he had to look through my bag, and he was really chatty, really nice, really easygoing. And so while I, but then he saw oh, you're travelling with Jav, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. So then I went and I, I, I found someone who looked like a supervisor, and I said, "Are you a supervisor here?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Yes." So oh, can I? Um, I just want to, you know, uh, praise. Uh, one of your agents, I th you know, I want to give you some feedback. He was really, really good. He said, oh, which one? So I pointed him out and he said, yo, Dave, you know, come over here. And as he walked over, this guy literally said, oh, man, what have I done now? <laughs> I said, no, nothing. You yeah. were really good. Yeah. <laughs> Look at relief on his face. Yeah, that sums Dave. it up, right? Yeah. Yeah, praise is uh, something you, you don't expect very very often no but, but, no but actually on on the topic of keys just just winding back a bit there was actually a story and i, I was trying to look for it i couldn't find it but where new york firefighter keys were were being sold online as well around a yeah. few years ago 
And those give you access to nearly every sort of like building in New York. And um, lifts as well. And you know, lift, elevators. Yeah. Lifts, the elevators, the, <clears throat> the, the rooftop access, um, fire exits, everything. So, um, and those are being sold on eBay just willy-nilly. The thing is, these things cannot be that hard to reverse engineer, right? No, don't. No, Surely not. It's just the key. Yeah. Anyone can make a key. Yeah. I think the only the only thing is that people, are, unlike, um, you know, sort of computer vulnerability where you can sit halfway across the world and just tap a few keys and be in, uh, this, you have to actually physically go somewhere and avoid CCTV and everything. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think that's the only saving grace here, really. Not not through any good security. And that's barely one in of itself, right? Yeah. You know, ever, ever since Mr. Barry Alaclava invented his new headgear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Andy, for that. Uh, that was... This week in InfoSoc. So I think we shall be uh, moving straight on to something that normally goes at the end of the show, but let's just do it early. Tweet of the week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the week. So this week's tweet of the week, we've got, well, it's a slightly sad story, if I'm honest. Um, well, slightly sad, but also I think we should we should be celebrating this. But this week, uh, the legendary Sir Clive Sinclair died. Uh, for those that don't know, Sir Clive Sinclair uh, founded the Sinclair Company. Uh, he produced such classic computers as the ZX80, the ZX81, and the ZX Spectrum. Uh, all of which were a massive part of my childhood, possibly even your two as well, uh, since computers definitely didn't um, evolve as quickly as they do these days. Um, and he 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 sold and marketed the f- the first uh, commercially available electronic uh, pocket calculator. He then went on and he created a little. Um, Oh, what was it called? The Sinclair... The C5. C5, that's right, yes. which I desperately <laughs> wanted. I really <laughs> wanted one as a kid, which is basically a little three-wheeler, electric three-wheeler. It's ahead of its day, uh, which you sat down in, um, almost like a reclinable uh, bicycle type thing. You steered with a set of bike handles that were actually beneath your thighs, uh, and... In case and it was open. In case of rain, it came with like a clip-on rain hood. <laughs> Genius. And it was he marketed it as the future of travel. And I think, in fairness to him, he was slightly ahead of his time and slightly mismarketed because it, the the public were the wrong people to market this to. It should have been marketed to you know airports or you know oil refineries, any anywhere with vast. Um, yeah swathes of land where people need to get from a to b nonetheless i mean that was his failure uh that was the the one failure he had you know his, his spectrum evolved from a you know a small metal thing with rubber keyboards or small plastic thing with rubber keyboards into a you know almost uh what we might consider a fully fledged uh, computer today he used the micro drives as storage which stored vast amounts of data compared to a cassette and was able to access it very quickly. These tiny little, um, well, uh, if, if, if you've ever come across eight-track tapes, which is a, the, the 
predecessor to cassette tapes. It's an endless loop of magnetic media. Uh, absolutely fascinating. He was a complete genius. He he was his products were definitely instrumental in getting me involved in computing. Although I realised from a very early age that I really wasn't into coding, more into just playing the games and yeah. enjoying the tech. Paperboy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Paperboy, uh, Jet Set Willy, um, oh, Jet Set Willy, Manic Miner. Uh, my, one of my favourites, Nodes of Yesod, which uh, excitingly, when you first loaded it up, would actually vocalise Nodes of Yesod, yeah. uh, you know, from the speaker. Which was for, for at the time we're talking the early eighties was astounding that a computer could actually say words. Um, so yeah, it, it just I think um, I think even uh, our friend of the show and you know soon to be served colleague Graham Cluley, I think he even started to write. Uh, um, Graham wrote games for the uh, Spectrum, I believe. In the uh, twilight years of his career. In the twilight, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, but perhaps when we see him in court, he can he can correct us if we <laughs> yes. get it wrong. We'll have a little chat beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> catch up, you know. But it's not but, personal; it's just business. Uh, there's there's a couple of um, document well documentaries and dramatizations of his life uh, of the names of which I can't remember, of course, which are on the iPlayer and things. I'm sure this week, uh, as a result of his uh, untimely passing, that. He, that they'll be resurrected, but an utter genius, uh, absolute visionary. Uh, if you can imagine a Clive, Sir Clive Sinclair, if he was a if he was a young man today, I think he would be an, a complete powerhouse and a real maverick in the industry. So we are poorer for him uh, for his loss, but absolutely the whole uh, our whole industry has uh, thrived uh, because of him. Um, so yes, um, thank you for the, the, the memory, uh, Sir Clive, uh, all 48 K of it, or in my case, I had to get the 16 K spectrum cause we couldn't afford the 48. We had to get it upgraded later. Uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Sir Clive Sinclair. Very well said, Tom. Very well. Tweet of the week. So, bringing back a classic feature of yesteryear. I think we did it last year. Uh, let's move swiftly on to... Sticky Pickle of the Week. Sticky Pickle of the Week. Sticky Pickle of the Week. Sticky Pickle of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book they've read, a TV show, movie, record, a podcast, website, or an app, whatever they may like. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. be. <laughs> this, I tell you what, I'm getting deja vu again this week. I know, I know. It, it's just the way we deliver it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go first this week. So, Brits open doors for tech enabled fraudsters because they don't want to seem rude. Uh, and this is a story from the Register uh, talking about how Brits are too polite to tell phone scammers to get stuffed, take a hike, or sling Europe uh, when they impersonate so-called trusted organisations such as banks. Uh, and that's according to a trade association, uh, UK Finance. Um, you know, which is basically saying that uh, that the number of impersonation scam cases has more than doubled in the first half of 2021. Um, which is a it's just. Sounds like a sticky pickle to me. Yeah, 
Uh, and it doesn't surprise me either. Doesn't surprise me. The sticky pickle is, you know, should I be rude to this person and tell them to, to F off? Well, or, you know, because it's probably a scam. But no, I can't be rude because that's just yeah. not on. You know, this is, this is a really... A friend of mine, he was once driving and he was in the car with his dad and he was stopped at a red light just at the bottom of a hill. And a car came from behind and it was coming really fast and the guy didn't brake for, uh, quickly enough and he came and rear-ended him. So my friend got out and he was really angry and he got out and he sort of like, you know, in, in his anger, he punched the bonnet off the car that hit him from behind. It was the crumpled bonnet. And he's like, well, what's the matter with you? Can't you see? And there was a there's an older gentleman, like probably Tom's age driving, so quite old. And he he was like, oh, I'm really sorry and what have you. And then what have you. And then my, my was like, I oh, forget it. And he, and he wrote down his details on a, on a piece of paper and gave it to him, got his details, got into his car and drove off. And later he got a call from the police. And uh, they were like, oh, we found your details in the pocket of this man. And they're like, yeah. Because no. yeah, basically he had a heart attack while driving. Um, uh, which is probably why he crashed into the back of his car. Um, oh and, my god! And the reason I bring this up is because forever since then, whenever there's an incident of road rage, even when he's clearly in the right, he's always very polite to the next person. Say, "I'm really sorry, mate." After you. <laughs> Damn. Well, and, and think- that's that's how it should be. In real, I mean, I know. I don't mean to laugh at his his distress or anything like that, but really, sometimes it's all it takes is a little thing like that to act as a wake up call and say, "Look, just calm the fuck down, right?" Exactly. So, so I, I apply the same principle here. I say, like, you can lose a bit of money, but don't lose your humanity in the process. We don't yeah, want but, it to. But Jav, we... you've got lots of money. Yeah. I'll tell you, you cut me up, I'll put a bat through your window. <laughs> you guys are monsters. And, and then take your money. <laughs> Spend it wisely, my friends. Spend it wisely. <laughs> wow. Hey, let's move on to uh, Jav. What have well, you hang got? on, hang on, hang oh. on, hang on. i got to say, Andy, that was a sticky pickle. That was a sticky pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, <in>, Jav. <laughs> Okay, so the next sticky pickle, and um, I, I know I should have this up as a as a saying on the wall, but never discuss in workplace, especially never discuss politics, religion, and passwords. But I'm going to break the rule and talk about passwords or authentication, should I say? As Microsoft have now gone passwordless, they have fully embraced it, and so they're saying, forget your password, just use our push MFA. Well, it's not really MFA anymore because they've taken away one of the factors uh, and they're pushing a code to your phone either through the Authenticator app uh, or an SMS or even an email uh, because we know how secure SMS and emails are. And the, the two factors, apparently, they come in through the biometrics on your phone and the phone is something you have and the biometric is something you you are and that gives you access to the code so you're logging on with MFA. Although the problem is that if you have someone's phone, the MFA, is uh, the sort of biometrics revert back to your PIN if you have one. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, so biometrics isn't always the only way to, you can open it, is it? If, no. If you fail the biometrics, it defaults to PIN. It does. It does. And PIN is a very, very weak form of a password. 
Um, so the sticky pickle is like, have Microsoft actually improved security or made it worse by going through this? Well, I th- I think someone has to go first. I was about to say that, and I yep. think you know whether or not this is uh, this is an attempt that will go wrong and will be rescinded and will be refined again, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or whether it will it will stick to the pickle. In this case, I'm not sure, but someone has to go first, and the fact that someone like Microsoft, a large corporation that actually has a lot of skin in the game, a lot of people are reliant upon it, we may start to see a significant adoption as a result because we've been talking about going passwordless since I started security. Yes, and to be fair, IPv4 uh, IP addresses are going to run out before we went passwordless. As yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Although technically they have run out, it's just we found ways around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Stop but people yeah. from hoarding them. <coughs> yeah, exactly. I, I disagree with both of you. I think. Uh, well, obviously, just last year, Microsoft said that SMS codes were unsafe for authentication, and now they've adopted SMS. <laughs> They're allowed to change <laughs> one, their minds. One of the yeah. only forms of authentication. But uh, do you remember, yeah. Jeff, the the HP Compaq, like in the early two thousands, like the original tablet. And everyone's like, you know, they had like, what was it, Windows XP Tablet Edition, right? And people looked, some people like, you know, picked up, said, oh, this is going to be the future. Then overwhelmingly, everyone's like, oh, this is rubbish. Well, it's not it was the anything. Compact iPack originally. The, yes, yeah, the Compact the iPack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, HP, yeah. Then like 50 years later, Apple came out with the iPad. And everyone's like, revolutionary. Yeah. It's a, a mobile computing device. Um, that's genuinely mobile. And, well, and it think, frankly worked, in fairness. Yeah, and yeah. It, well, yeah, I mean, the tablet was... It yeah, worked, so and worked. it had an app store. That was the main thing that got well, it to work. Well, it did yeah. for the first couple of years. That's, oh. that's where jailbreaking came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, but, I, I, get, I, I get lost in ancient history talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was involved in the early days of jailbreaking, I'll have you know. Ooh. Oh, I know. Yeah, but you're talking about the, the days of breaking... Name? Uh, I was li- say breaking Billy the Kid out of prison in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he contacted me on my on his uh, you know compact iPad you know, yeah. with 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 one of the sleeves with a little, little sort of uh, GSM module in there. Yeah. I had a a a, a, a compact iPad with uh, a PCM CIA sleeve. You you know, and it, yeah. those old hairs and grey hairs in there, and no hairs out there will know. What a PCM CIA card is, right? Which I put a GSM card in and a little headpiece, and it was my phone. I I would I would carry that around, and it was fucking heavy. The battery was terrible, and I loved it because I could, you know, it was all through the graphical interface and a stylus, and it was amazing um, at the time, anyway. Uh, and 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 then I resurrected my old sixty three ten i my Nokia sixty three ten i and decided that actually that was the future. You need something with a battery life. Yeah. With a battery life, yeah. And then I moved to um, uh, the wind. Well, the O two X D A devices. Remember them? Yep. Yeah. Moved to those, and uh, it was with after one of those when I had to reboot it again for something like the third time that day in order to make a phone call. And then I, I happened to see the uh, the um, iPhone, and it was like a revelation. So, but yeah, and wow. Th- th- this has turned into an episode of This Is Your Life, 
yeah. featuring Tom and his technology friends. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just, you know, I eBayed all this stuff years ago. I wish I'd kept it, but you know, uh, dear. Anyway, well, what I will worthless. say, Jav, is that was a sticky pickle. Uh, my story. So ransomware crims are saying we'll burn your data if you get a negotiator. Uh, can't be legally paid off anyway. So imagine you get ransomed. Uh, all your files are locked out. You've been told you've got to pay millions and millions of pounds to unlock them. The first thing you're going to do is to try and get hold of somebody who can reduce that amount of money. And that's happened a number of times. So Fatface, for instance, they were ransomed for $8 million, uh, I think it was. And in fact, the uh, the criminals even said, we know that you have cyber insurance to the value of $7.5 million. Therefore, we think $8 million is reasonable. And they were able to negotiate it down to $2 million, which I think is quite a stunning uh, negotiation there. Uh, but a particular gang at the moment, Grief Corp, is the latest criminal crew to warn its victims with uh, instant data destruction if it thinks um, that you have engaged a mediator, which is outrageous. I mean, this is this surely this is not how you know the modern what? criminal works. Don't they know how uh, you know the commercials of this these things? But uh, you know, this is like just the as you say, it's the modern equivalent. Remember in the old days, like you kidnap someone, you yeah. say no police. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I see a hint of police, she's dead. Yeah. And that's pretty much what this is. Like, this is your data. We've got yeah. it. If we see the hint of the police. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll send you a finger's worth of data. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send you yeah. some bites in the post. But yeah. it, it don't work like that. It's. Uh... I, I, I don't know. It's. Well, I think what it does is it underscores the term, the, the, the word criminal in the term cyber criminal. Yeah, you know, unless we can start seeing a lot more contractors joining companies at short notice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not a negotiator. He's on a zero hours contract. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, that, yeah, that really is a sticky pickle. It is a sticky pickle. What would you do? What would you do? Anyway, anyway, I, I'd stare them dead in the their, their cold eye, cyber eye, and say, "Burn the data. I don't care. It means nothing to me anyway." Absolutely. Call their bluff. <laughs> and you'd walk off, and in the background, there'd be an explosion of your blowed. data. Exactly. All your data, there'd be ones and zeros everywhere. And I yeah. wouldn't even look back. Wouldn't even look back. <laughs> no. You know, your, yeah. your hair would be ruffled from behind, your suit would be billowing around you with the pressure wave of data. And um, everyone would be like, who is that guy? And they'd be like, I don't know, he doesn't work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just picked up the phone. Absolutely. Don't you know? That's the negotiator. <laughs> oh, well, very sticky. Very stickling indeed. Uh, good stories. Good stories. I like that. Data stream. Ever found yourself stuck in a pickle? Yep. Knee deep in a dilemma? Like and subscribe to the Host Unknown podcast while you figure out your sticky pickle. Andy, what time is it? It's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. 
Poland extradites alleged botnet operator to US. Industry news. UK man gets five years for online abuse campaign. Industry news. WhatsApp to roll out encrypted backups. Industry news. US locks up key player in Nigerian romance scam. Industry news. Apple releases urgent patch following discovery of Pegasus spyware. Industry news. Massachusetts AG launches probe into T-Mobile data breach. Industry news. Microsoft patches Omigod, MSHTML and print nightmare bugs. Industry news. Americans find after hacking for foreign government. Industry news. Household names hit with 500,000 fine for spamming customers. Industry news. And that was this week's... Oh. Industry news. Ah, <laughs> oh, huge if true. Do you know, I almost said uh, supermarket news. <laughs> supermarket news at one point. Supermarket news? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh no! What a what a what an idea! Absurd. <laughs> so I am just uh, clicking. So WhatsApp to roll out encrypted backups. This is probably something which we have needed for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't get this. So obviously it's encrypted in transit, and then on on your devices it's not encrypted. And when they say backups, do they? Because so obviously it, when it goes I, through I've iCloud, not, I've not yeah, clicked. Yeah, so it goes through iCloud every night, unencrypted. Oh, I see. Because obviously I've not clicked on the story. I'm just looking at the headline. But uh, So <laughs> so your unencrypted WhatsApp chat, which obviously is unencrypted so you can read it, is then backed up as part of your regular, you know, backup. backup. Yeah. But it's... Uh, uh, oh, I see. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, shocking. In this day and age that the backups aren't encrypted. Well, shocking that Facebook are actually doing something that's, um, you know, put a foot... Positively for people's privacy. Well, they're, they're, I think they're getting caught out, right? They're, yeah, <laughs> they're probably doing data analysis on the backups rather than uh, on the devices. Yeah, that's exactly. It. That's it. Exactly. And who's this uh, key player in Nigerian romance I was scam? Just I mean, if he, clicking into that one. Do you know myself. what? If 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 that person's locked up, there'll be you know millions and millions of men and women around the world who will be bereft. Um, so, well, it, it, it would generally be saying, like, I need some money for, for legal fees. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll be an actual genuine email, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit money laundering. 36-year-old man. Uh, he's the manager of a group of money launderers. Wow, uh-huh. I wonder if that's on his LinkedIn. That's probably how they got him, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> So, yeah, well, yeah. as you're going through the romance scam yourself, it's like, hmm, can I speak to your manager, please? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not getting the value out of this that I expected. Yeah. I'm not feeling loved. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not feeling loved enough, yeah. Can so you escalate? Him and, his, him and his co-conspirators use fake passports and other fraudulent ID paperwork to open multiple bank accounts under various aliases. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's That sounds pretty standard. Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, so many of the victims who are elderly would wire money into the bank accounts uh, in belief that they were helping significant others to complete a business project or return to the United States. Damn, pretty yeah. standard that one. And so, the, and these household names that were hit for spamming spamming consumers, 
Um, so Sports Direct um, were, were one of them. But have they been charged for spamming people with those giant mugs? but they were fined seventy thousand pounds i mean come on they don't have that much money i'll be honest sports direct aren't they um they can barely afford to pay their staff isn't it yeah i'm pretty sure that they're like on the brink of collapse at, at some point they've been on the brink of collapse since they were founded yeah well they're they're pretty much a budget well i say budget brand they're a a fairly cheap um, you know, brand, aren't they? Not, they have quality stuff, they just operate on low margins. Yeah. I mean, Audi is a is a similar business model where they're not going out of business anytime soon. No, that's because uh, they're not run by an idiot. Yes, that's yeah. the thing. Mike Ashley. Yeah, that's him. And then webuyanycar.com them. was them. fined 200000 Well, I hope oh. that that was uh, an estimate, and when it actually arrives, it's going to be significantly higher. <laughs> we took a look into these and it yeah (laughs) well yeah we analyzed on the surface we'd say two hundred thousand, but now we've actually seen it it's going to be different to what we quoted yeah exactly and and then that famous uh travel company uh well originally travel company but obviously branched out saga saga personal finance so saga was originally um really a travel company for the over 50s wasn't it I oh. wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. I've been in you that signed up to it like, yeah, well, 20, yeah. 20 years so, ago. <laughs> well, and that's where the story that Saga stands for Sex and Games Abroad. Uh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, I actually read that as Sage Personal Finance. That's what I wrote, Red. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly what I saw it as. I just skimmed it. You know, I'm not yeah. here for the detail. Because <laughs> I know yeah. there's a Sage um, accounting software or something, and that's yeah, where, exactly. where my mind went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, huge if true. There's uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you very much. That was this week's... Industry News. The Host Unknown Podcast. Orally delivering the warm and fuzzy feeling you get when you pee yourself. And we're going to now move on to our final piece. And because we just love this one so much, uh, we're going to do it again. Tweet of the week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the week. Cool. So this is mine. Uh, and I thought we'd, we'd, you know, I'd give you something a bit more lighthearted to end on. And this is a tweet by our good friend Snipe, Snipeyhead, at Snipeyhead. And uh, she tweeted that there's a town named Sandwich in Massachusetts. So there are literally police cars labelled Sandwich Police. And there's actually a picture of in there as well. Yeah, it'd be even funnier if that was um, a picture taken of the car outside a subway or something. Yeah. <laughs> sure, that can be photoshopped into the background. But, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, so so I, I, ordered a, I ordered a foot long and this is only... Uh... Yeah, whatever's less than a foot. That sounds funny. <laughs> Fill in the details yourself, right? <laughs> I'm just the ideas guy. And is the IKEA version of it? Uh, gives IKEA yeah. jokes. He gives you all the yeah. components, and you have to yeah, assemble it right. yourself. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but also Snipey in this, she she uh, quoted in her tweet, ASCAB, A S C A B. What does that stand for? Um, that <laughs> so you know what ACAB sounds for, right? 
Oh, right. Oh, I'm um, guessing she's just inserted the S for sandwich. Of so, course, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is when you don't have to explain it, but, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess this is why you like stuff fully delivered and spoon-fed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Give me the story. Give me the back. I'll just deliver it. I don't care. I don't care. Excellent. Jav, thank you very much for that indeed. Good. Tweet of the week. We draw to a close. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this week. Uh, I like the fact we mixed it up a little bit. Uh, and I'm looking forward to reading about our forthcoming court case in the news next week. Yeah. Uh, Jav, thank you very much indeed for your time. Always as enjoyable as a visit to the dentist's. Yeah, so you've gone to Andy's dentist now. <laughs> and Andy, thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. The worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. Um, this was like Tom was you were really off putting today because you couldn't find the buttons you're in an unfamiliar environment you cocked up your lines I blame you I know Andy's going to come in and jump in and for your defence for some reason taking the bullet no, for you no. today no He's no, no say, it. so, oh no, no it's, it's my fault. fault it was my fault yeah. it was my fault no don't say anything to little Tom <laughs> <laughs> definitely Tom's fault today <laughs> well I'm, I'm all podcasted out what can I say yeah well, that, whose fault is that then? Well, all these wonderful people for inviting me on their shows, except you, Jeff. <laughs> no, I didn't invite just you. I invited Host Unknown on as a, you know, to take over. Uh, I, I showed the clip to see. Eric yesterday, and he was just like laughing so much. He was like, "This is even better than having me on the show." <laughs> uh, very good. Did he laugh more at the um, the intro rather than the content, though? Yeah, that's all he saw that's, up until he was he's he's away at a conference, isn't he? So he's uh.